My money don't jiggle jiggle, it folds I like to see you wiggle wiggle, for sure It makes me wanna dribble dribble, you know Riding in my Fiat, you really have to see it Six feet two in a compact, no slack But luckily the seats go back I got a knack to relax in my mind Sipping some red, red wine Nice You're listening to the number one podcast For Olive Branch and Eastern DeSoto County This is O. On deck for today, guys, we've got a good hot topic, a continuation about that human trafficking sting that was here in Olive Branch. Got some uh, local news, of course, (laughs) our funny dad jokes, motivational message, random facts and stories you likely didn't know, and of course, our post-game show with our three head coaches from right here, Lewisburg, Center Hill, and Olive Branch after an exciting week one. T, how's your week been, brother? Man, fantastic. Had a good week at work. Uh, my high school won Friday night big time, 52 to 6. And, yes, we were kicking the teeth in, and, yes, the clock ran. And uh, we, we love that new rule as well. And uh, been working all weekend, uh, getting some uh, new, new videos up for the channel, starting a new tailgate series uh, coming out this week at Tuesday. Dude, I saw and, uh, it, man. I was, yeah, that was freaking great. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. A little promo video out there on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram right now. But uh, Tuesday morning, 1030 on 10 Tony Family Kitchen, uh, we'll have our first installment on there. And we'll be doing several videos over the next several weeks having to do with tailgate food. Because, buddy, it is tailgate season. No doubt. And I'm, I am stoked. No doubt, man. College football is here. It is here. Can't I just – best time of the year man best time of the year it's, it is it is <laughs> it's the fastest five months of the year as well yeah no doubt no doubt well t before we get into these hot topics man uh gotta say we gotta talk about our number one realtor team and that is team couch of birch it's Realty. still brian couch it's right still the brian couch the so brian we're, t- we're talking about years before anybody possibly even retirement before somebody overtakes this dude right i just, I just don't see him coming off the iron throne i just i just don't see it man you know good I mean? for him you know he's the guy is just top notch uh guys if you were wanting to buy or sell a house in DeSoto County, especially here in Olive Branch. Go check out Team Couch, guys. They have an amazing website called teamcouch.com. You can search for houses. You can see how they do their process. And this is also where you can check out how they do a free market analysis for your home if you're trying to sell it or maybe just thinking about it. Maybe just considering the idea. All you have to do is contact them, give them your address, a little few details, and they will give you a professional opinion, quote, whatever you want to call it, analysis, on what they think your house is worth, what it could sell for, and they be happy to help take care of it for you guys seriously go check out teamcouch.com or you can even call their office line anytime and check out all the stuff they can do and what they can help you with and that is 662-449-1700 or you can call brian's personal cell phone at 901-461-7653 remember every home needs a couch t Hot topic. We talked about it last week. We talked about yeah. a shooting at the, you know, kind of a car wash there, talking about human trafficking. Right. Well, now right. we have two arrests. Good. And this is uh, this is scary stuff, man. To it find is. Out, it's not fun to talk about or even, even no, mention at all. No, uh-huh. it's not, man. It's just to hear that two guys were, you know, human trafficking, one in Baldwin, Mississippi, and one in Marion, Arkansas, arrested Jeez. right here in Olive Branch. And not only that, four victims were saved. 
out of this whole situation. Yeah, I mean, just what an amazing sting. What an amazing job by the Soda County Sheriff's Department. Everybody involved uh, to you know get these you know these bad guys off the road off the street. That's right. And yeah. uh, you know save some lives or help some people in a bad situation. Uh, it's just it's just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, the guys' names that were. Uh, arrested was Darrell Devon Sparks. Now, he was 26, and that was a Marion, Arkansas, like we talked about, and John Edward Massengill, and he is 62 years old of Baldwin, Mississippi, and mm. uh, both of them are arrested and charged and uh, going through the justice system as we speak. So bravo to our law enforcement here uh, getting these kind of guys off the streets. Now, one of them was shot, right? Yes. The Sparks guy did take a bullet. He tried to run over one of the deputies, and they shot him. And But he will survive and have his day in court. Well, good. Let's put you right, So it says here that, that the Sparks guy, he's the 26-year-old, he's facing six counts of promoting prostitution and attempted aggravated assault on a peace officer. His bond was set at $850,000, which to me is cheap. Yeah, no now, doubt. The, now, now, the old man from Baldwin, the dirty old man from Baldwin, was charged with human trafficking of, get this now, of a minor. Yeah, that's... And and child exploitation. Wow. But his bond was only set at $200,000. Don't make a lot of sense, does it? Well, you know, all I know is, is that if found guilty, and I'm sure they will be, otherwise they wouldn't have been arrested or whatnot... I hope those guys are hung by their toenails, dude. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You're 26 no and you're 62 and you got to be going out preying on little kids. Come on, bro. No. Uh, yeah, Get you a life. You know, they're dark place for them ahead. Dark well, place. I, I, feel, I feel for the families and I hope they get some help. I do. I mean that. No, I really do. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Hey, let's get over to our news, man. And of course, this is brought to you by our good friends at Michael Hatcher and Associates. Guys, if you are looking for a career, a job, because there are a lot of good ones out there, but there's nothing better than what Michael Hatcher and Associates is offering. They have numerous positions available and their pay, their benefits, their team atmosphere, and their care for their employees is unmatched in Olive Branch. It's one of the top companies in the entire city of Olive Branch, and it's somebody you need to go work for if you're looking for a new job. That Anything you can imagine, entry level up to upper management, they have it. Go check it out at HatcherLandscape.com, or you can even call their office at 662-755-3207 and speak to them, and they can answer all your questions and get you set up for an interview today. Tell you what we got for news today, man. Well, as we talked about last week, there is a petition still out there, the Widen Highway 305. You know, it's getting real congested and gr- real gridlocked in, in all over the state of Mississippi, around the, the larger city areas. But DeSoto County is so densely packed, uh, you know, with workers coming in and out of Memphis and people traveling from outside of DeSoto County to come into DeSoto County to work as well. Uh, So there's a petition out there. If you've not seen about it or heard about it, look it up on social media. They're talking about uh, widening I-55, Highway 51, and Highway 305. 
to help folks out with congestion going in and out of DeSoto County. I, I think it's probably going to be a real good thing if that ever happens. T, let me give you a little stat. We found out the reason I left this in our notes this, this week is, is that after the census, our good friends over at Under the Water Tower you know, Derek and Matt, they did some yeah. homework on this. And so I'm, I'm cherry picking this information for our podcast. Did you know that of all the growth in the state of Mississippi, 50% or 51% of it was in DeSoto County? I believe it. And that if you think about those kind of numbers, out of 80-something counties, one county contributed for the 50% of growth in you know, population compared to the rest of the state. And mm-hmm. we still have the exact same highways and roads and everything else that we had prior. It's unbelievable. Yeah. We're talking about over yeah. 75,000 cars each day going down 55. And look, this has been going on for years. Look, when my family and I, when we first moved to DeSoto County in 2007, you know, that, that's where you and I met. We were teaching and coaching at DeSoto Central High School. When I got there, that school had just been, I don't know, three, maybe four years old at the time. Correct. And it was built as, as an overflow school. And I was at that school for five years before I went over to Center Hill Middle. And uh, even before I left, they were adding to the wings down there on the on a, basically a brand new school. Trailers all over the place, you know, having to put students in different classrooms as well. And then just driving through Olive Branch, uh, all these areas where, you know, years ago there used to be nothing but trees and there aren't any trees anymore. There's houses there. So the growth has just been exponential over the last 15 years. It's been unreal. Another good example here, T, when I left DeSoto Central before you did in that area, the school had 850 to 900 students. Today, we're talking less than 15 years, it is over double that. Unreal. I mean, that's unbelievable growth. And that's yeah. just, yep. and, and believe it or not, DeSoto Central's boundary lines for where you have to live is one of the smallest areas of all the county schools. And yeah. yet it is the now the largest or second largest. It is unbelievable the amount of growth yeah. in that area. So, yeah. uh, you know, hey, I hope this petition works and get some, get some things going. Uh, you know, it's badly needed and it would help a lot of people here for sure. Well, moving on, we may need to uh, also petition for uh, uh, to get a couple more lanes there on Goodman Road and now on Getwell Road because <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Whataburger has now opened their second location at Getwell Road, so go down and, and treat yourself. That's right, man. That's right. Can, man, look, that's right next to Chick-fil-A. I can't imagine what the corner of Goodman and Getwell is going to be like when you have the two most popular probably restaurants in the county, fast food at least, right next to one of the busiest intersections in the entire county. It's, it's going to be baffling to me. That corner right there is going to be known as Fort Knox South because there's going to be so much gold going yeah. into that place, money being made. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, just like we talked about last week, they're building Let It Fly at Silo Square, which is like a couple hundred yards south of this. I mean, it's just – and that's just the yeah. beginning. This is just in its infancy stages of Silo Square. So, yeah. I mean, like it's going to be unreal. Those five lanes are going to be gridlocked. They're going to have to come up with another way. They're going to have to either open yep. up nail or something else, but it's going to be it's going to be a disaster. Like think about it, DeSoto Central, all those schools open up in the morning yeah. in the afternoon. I can't imagine. I just can't imagine. All right, moving on. Look, hey, this past Friday night, for the first time in Mississippi high school history, there was a football game officiated by an all women crew. It was at a uh, Cleveland Central was playing uh, at Forest Hill against Murrah. Uh, Adrian Barnes, Sarah Fleming, Sherry Vaughns, Fran Adams, Felicia Davis, Alona Alexander, 
Felicia Cotton, and Constant Clark were the crew for that high school game. Congratulations to those ladies. Absolutely. Made history in the state of Mississippi, you know? That's what, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought we had to definitely put that in there for our notes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't hear that all the time, that's for sure. You know, the NFL is, is now increasing the number of of uh, female referees as well. There are also some uh, a few female uh, assistant football coaches now in the NFL, mm-hmm. and I think they're kind of expanding some of that out in, into the college ranks as well. So good for these ladies here in Mississippi. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, do you own a property that you just don't want anymore? Maybe it's got a little damage or you got it through the loss of a loved one, a divorce or something, or you're just ready to get out of Dodge right now and want to get a cash offer to get it fast, super fast. Guys, there is one company and only one company in DeSoto County you want to talk to, and that is Rodman Properties, and they have a website you can look at and go through the entire process to see what they do, how they do, and how they treat the community right when they buy homes, and that is iBuyDeSoto.com. Really great family, local, take care of people, great cash offers. They're not trying to cheat you. It's not one of those big national companies that's just trying to gobble up all these houses, put low-rent houses in here, ruin communities. This isn't them, guys. They really want to take care of you. So if you have a property or know somebody who might have a property, encourage them to go check out iBuyDeSoto.com. And look, if you are looking to get out of Dodge, of course, this is the one that you call. But we want to know why you want to get out of Dodge. So let us know by emailing us or calling us <laughs> so we can have some more stuff to talk about on our podcast. That's all right. Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 hey, Rodman, Rodman Properties is the one to go to. All right, moving on. The Mississippi Center of Public Policy, also known as the MCCP, has released what it calls its Fat Cat Report listing the salaries of the top-paid public officials in the state of Mississippi. 26 school superintendents are among the top 50. The report is meant not to criticize every highly paid public official, they wrote. Some public officials are paid to do demanding jobs requiring specialized skills that generate public good. This report aims to trigger a debate about what we pay public officials. So the annual Fat Cat Report ranks the highest-paid public officials in the state, it, it's an average pay of a teacher, a nurse, a state trooper, as well as the average citizen here in our state. So check out these stats here. So the top, fi- the top 50 earn more than America's 50 state governors. Wow. Yeah. The combined, the, the, the combined cost of the top 50 salaries in Mississippi in 2022 is $9.6 million dollars. So if you add up the total pay of the 50 state governors across America, their combined salaries cost $7.2 million. So the top 50 in this state are making more than all, all 50 governors. The, all 50 governors combined. That is correct. Okay? And, and we're like, what, the poorest in we're, the state, in the country? The, we're down at the bottom, yes. Mm, okay. <laughs> now, here's another interesting stat. All 50 of those governors earn more then our governor Tate Reeves, whose annual salary is listed as one hundred and twelve, I'm sorry, one hundred and twenty-two thousand one hundred and sixty dollars a year. Of the fifty salaried positions, only four are elected positions, and the remaining forty-six positions are appointed. Twenty-two school superintendents earn more than the Chief Justice of the Mississippi Supreme Court, and only two of the top fifty are local city government employees. 
That is wow. some may that's some crazy facts there, man. So this organization here, they they've also come out and proposed five different policies to be uh, considered. So here's here's what they think should happen. All right, number one, require any salary increase above the federal employment cost index be approved by the state legislator. Uh, the ECI is the standard figure that accounts for the national rate of change for government pay raises in the country. That sounds reasonable. Yeah. Be I don't on, think be, that's to unreasonable. Be, to be on par, you know. That's right. That's right. The second one is to create a state-mandated formula to calculate the maximum allowable salary for superintendents. Okay. Well, you know, schools and districts, their funding is based upon – uh, the attendance levels of the number of students that are enrolled. That is correct. So I propose as a 2A that X amount of dollars per student be paid toward the salary of superintendents. So it's funny you said that. Derek With a minimum. And Matt, Derek and Matt said something very similar, and they gave an example. Here's an example. DeSoto County Schools has over 40,000 students. It's the largest school district in the state. And Corey Usselman is one of the highest paid superintendents through the state. But it's also an A district, and it's one of the True. highest A districts. So it's you can almost say money value is there when you're the largest school right. district in the state. So I have no issue sure. with that. Port Gibson School District has 1,800 students. It mm -hmm. makes roughly the same paycheck, and they are a failing district and have been for years. Right, right. So how does it to a superintendent of 1,800 kids, which is less than what is at DeSoto Central High School, one mm -hmm. school, okay, mm -hmm. in Corey Usselton's district, makes roughly the same pay for a failing district with that many kids? It doesn't make sense. Well, well it's like it is over in Benton County. I mean, you look at Benton County, which is right next door to us, right? Okay. So they have two – Basically, two communities that have schools. Ashland has a high school, which is, I believe, uh, 7 through 12, maybe 6 through 12. And then they have an elementary school. The only other school in Benton County is out at Hickory Flat. And that's an attendance center with K-12. So combined, you're probably looking, I'm going to be liberal on this and say 3,500 total students, if that many, probably half that. But their superintendent's making north of $100,000 a year. Assistant superintendent's making just north of, of 90000 a year. Administrators, you know, administrators are probably making in the mid-80s over there. Uh, so, but you're only looking at a couple of hundred kids being, being in a school, and you're going to pay somebody, you know, $80,000, $90,000 to, to run a school, a failing school. Now, yeah. Hickory, Flat's a, Hickory Flat's a pretty good school. I think they're a B-rated school. But Ashland, God bless them, they've been F the last several years that uh, that uh, that an accountability has come out. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, performance, man, you got to perform. You got to perform. Well, I, I think you're right on the track when it comes to the size of your district. To me, increases your potential of headache and more problems to solve, and there's more to it. And so, I can understand a pay commiserate with the size of your district. So, I, I right. agree with that 100. percent yeah, I got you. Three, three more quick proposals they had. They, they want to put a cap on public, public sector pay below that earned by the state governor. Uh, they want education funding reforms. The high percentage of high salaries within school administration suggests the need for reforms regarding the way that school dollars are spent. 
And then the last suggestion they had is to amend the Mississippi Code that contains provisions limiting the salaries and compensations of public officials, but it also contains a provision that provides for so many exemptions as to render the limits essentially meaningless. So let's put out, let's put out a bunch of rules, but let's put out 40,000 different ways that we can circumvent the rules so we can get what we want. Loopholes, baby. Loopholes. Yep. Got to love it. Got to love, love it, man. All right, folks, that's our news for today. If you would, please, please, please send us an email at theobpodcast at gmail.com, especially if you'd love to advertise with us. We'd love to have you join our team. Absolutely. It's time for those dad jokes, brother. And of course, this is brought to you by our main man, our insurance fellow, Ali Edgelolly, guys of Alpha Insurance, the ace agency of Olive Branch. If you've never been to his office, it's a nice little place right behind the Taco Bell on Goodman Road next to 78. Just an amazing fella. Saved me over $900 on insurance. He can save you money as well, as well as increase your coverage. Trust me. Call him, 662-893-0928, or even call his personal cell, which is 1-843-324-0930, and have him give you a free quote and let you see for today. T, are you ready for some good jokes, brother? Yes. <laughs> I had you going pretty good last week. I hope I can. You did uh, on that last one. I, I, la- I, I laughed a couple of times during the week just reflecting back to it. <laughs> Those were pretty good. Oh, gosh. All right, so this first one, this one's a little risky. This is dark humor, okay? So oh, go ahead and give me some go. warning, okay? So a guy walks a young boy into the woods. The boy turns to him and says, hey, mister, it's getting dark, and I'm really scared. The man replies, how do you think I feel? I have to walk back alone. Oh, my gosh, dude. That gives me the creeps, bro. <laughs> That's cold, man. You keep that up, you're going to be the third person arrested in that sting, brother. <laughs> yeah, I got, that, I got that off an email, and I was like, oh, okay. Oh, my. <laughs> All right. T, oh. I asked my date to meet me at the gym. She didn't show up. That's when I knew we wouldn't work out. Man. <laughs> you want some butter with that corn? <laughs> So, a man came to my house today asking for donations for a community swimming pool. I agreed and gave him a glass of water. Oh, God. All right, next. One more. I'll give you one more chance. I'm laughing more at you laughing than at your jokes. All right, here we go. Here we go. So, T... I didn't know if you knew this or not, but I do have a dog with no legs. It's a real sad situation. Okay. But I named him Cigarette. You want to know why? Why? Every day I get home, I take him outside for a drag. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hey, my wife told me one a couple of weeks ago. I meant to tell you this last week. Here's a good dad joke, okay? All right. All right. Hit me. All right. Uh, which knight built King Arthur's round table? <laughs> uh, I have no idea. Circumference. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to tell my wife you didn't laugh at that one. 
Don't you get me in trouble. Don't you get me in trouble. <laughs> well, guys, as always, we hope you enjoy what you've heard so far and you continue listening to us. Tell your friends, your family, your coworkers, and make sure you've hit that subscribe button. And if you have a few extra minutes, give us a positive review on iTunes. It does really help our podcast out greatly. T, it's time for that motivational message, brother. Are you ready for a good one today? I could always use some motivation, brother. Man, let me tell you, this guy hops on here, and I've used this material before, and this is fantastic. He talks about three suggestions about people dealing with self-worth. When it comes to don't listen to naysayers, there are people out there who are going to tell you things and want to you know, attack you, and if you let their opinions drown you, then you're the guy who's, you know, you're failing yourself and stuff. And so, look, hey, let's go to this audio now. Three things. Let them judge you. Let them misunderstand you. Let them gossip about you. Their opinion is not your problem. You stay kind, committed to love, and free in your authenticity. No matter what they say or do, don't you dare doubt your worth or the beauty of your truth. You just keep shining like you do. Guy makes some great points. Look, you know, nowadays, uh, people like to use the term gaslighting, you know, where they say things and then they deny it or they twist things around or they say things to whereas they make you feel bad about yourself. Uh, but they do it in such a sly way, man. And they do it so under the table all the time. But it's so important that that you try to work through those things. Heck, even if you got to go talk to somebody about it to help you get through those things. Uh, it's important that you you every day feel like that you know you're worth the oxygen that you're breathing. You're worth the ground that you're walking on. You're bringing joy to to somebody that you're coming across to at some point in your in your life every single day. And there are people that that love you and that care for you, and uh, they look forward to you one way or another all the time. I know I know what it's like to be down. Man, I've been down so so much. Uh, at times it's been unreal, but you know, when, when you surround yourself with people that believe in you and you can block out those the, who, who obviously don't believe in you, then it makes it well worth getting up and doing whatever it is that you want to do each day. I agree T. Well said, boot. Well said. I mean, uh, I think anybody can look in the mirror and can just say that, you know, Every day is worth it. Go go do something. Go live your life. Yeah. Don't don't worry about people naysaying or what people think of you. Don't let that. Don't let those be speed bumps or roadblocks in who you are moving forward. And mm-hmm. uh, and go enjoy every second you have because yeah. that's it's yeah. worth it. You know. You there's an old there, yeah. There's an old saying. You can't control what people say about you, but you can make them liars. That's true. Very true. Well said, brother. Well said. All right, now it's time for random facts, stories you likely didn't know. Brought to you by Old Town Fitness. 
If you're looking for a non-typical gym that teaches its clients in a friendly group atmosphere without pressure or judgment, this is the place for you. Go check it out and meet the amazing owners who want to help you reach your goals today. They're located at 9045 Highway 178 there in Olive Branch, and their hours are Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to noon, and then again from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., and on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., and Sunday they are closed. All right, Zachary, did you know... Nike created a pair of shoes that were so advanced that they were banned from the Olympics because they were considered as technological doping. The Alpha Flies, or the shoe that broke running, as sports scientist Dr. Ross Tucker called them, contained such tech designs to deliver greater energy return for the runners. Dude, that makes me want to go Google these shoes. I want to know what's making them called doping. <laughs> Jeez, man. I mean, what did it infuse you with oxygen? I mean, that's I mean, what doping from your feet? is. From your feet, uh, hey, whatever it takes, dude. Wow, I'll take a pair. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take two, please. <laughs> or right and the left, thank you. <laughs> you. Yeah, that's right. You got a bogo on these. Oh well. All right. Did you know in the twenty-five years since Ron Goldman's family won a thirty-three and a half million dollar civil judgment against O.J. Simpson for wrongful death of their son? He has only paid them about a hundred and thirty-three thousand dollars. Isn't that just sad, man? That's just not right. No, not right. It, at all. It's not, man. It's no, not. That's, that's solid. And of course, there ain't no amount of money that's gonna bring him back. But still, I mean, no, no. Oh well, what are you gonna do, right? All right. Did you know in 2013, a 16-year-old girl cheated death and survived the tragic Asian plane crash at the San Francisco airport? However, moments after the crash, she was ran over and killed by a responding fire truck arriving at the scene. Uh, that's not funny, but I don't know how else to react but to kind of laugh at that. I'm sorry, folks, but, man, you talk about sad. Dude, I, when you first read it, I kind of semi-giggled for a second, and then I was like, then this wash of guilt went all over me like oh it. my god that just then you imagine i was like i just can't imagine man that's like that song uh ironic by alanis morissette no doubt know? no doubt Jeez louise so I, I survived the plane crash but as the fire truck is coming to help me it runs me over and kills me okay well oh, i guess that was that was gonna be her day god bless her and man, her family it was just horrific dude thank god that's all of them yeah really no <laughs> doubt <laughs> let's move on shall we <laughs> All right, guys, it's time for our sports section. And, of course, we've got our three head coaches with us again this week uh, talking about week one, an exciting, exciting week. We've got two of the three teams, got a W, really should have had the third one, came down to just an extra point or two, and just a, just a great quality opponent. And I really enjoy talking to these guys and get to talk about the game because there was a lot of fireworks, a lot of excitement, a lot of big crowds for a first game. Uh, yeah. Really, really exciting for, uh, for all three of the schools, and the, they all have a bright, bright future. Uh, but, T, I want to, I'm looking forward to these interviews. Hope you enjoy them. Let's get over to them now. Coach Hector, brother, how we doing today, man? Hey, we're doing great. Appreciate you having us on. Man, you know, I know you're doing great, man. You had a quite a night Friday night. Big W over there at Lake Comrade versus one of the most talented teams around, man. What was the energy? What was the feeling like, Coach? Get, let me know. 
um, it was incredible. I mean, I, I, you know, I'll be honest and, and I'm not one for, um, you know, to, I guess, celebrate too early on in the season and things like that, but just knowing where, where this program has been and what we're trying to do and, and, you know, what, what I've been trying to sell to our kids, you know, Friday night's one of those that I'm going to remember forever. Uh, it, it really is. It goes up there with, you know, championships and big playoff wins for me because, um, you know, I, I saw it kind of click in our kids and, um, you know, just the energy there and our, our band and our, our, our family, our friends, our parents, our fans. It, it was uh, it was an incredible night and hard-earned win, and, and we did it our way. So it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and like I said, I'm going to remember that one forever. Coach, I, uh, I can honestly attest to when I was watching the tape and I talked to uh, a few people. Heck, the principal, Coach uh, Mr. Perkins, even called me afterwards and was just – you know, bouncing off the walls, excited through the roof. You know, it's like, what a game. It's amazing. Da, 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 da. Give me highlights and stuff. Um, you know, one thing I can say is is that uh, watching that tape, listening to everybody, it's like it's clicked in. You know what I mean? You did a whole year last year, took your lumps, uh, got the team to believe. You know, they continued to fight hard, work through the summer. And then this game right here, it just seemed like everything was kind of clicking in your way for everybody to understand uh, that, hey, we can do things if we put our minds to it and, and roll with it. And the second your uh, your new receiver caught the big touchdown, it was like watching the entire team's energy just completely change. Um, you know, the y'all are flying the football, offensively knocking people around, different things. It was just a quite a fun game to watch, and I know your fan base was through the roof. But uh, do you kind of get that kind of feeling too, Coach, that, you know, the team just kind of suddenly had this epiphany of, wait a minute, we're somebody to deal with? Is that what you got? Yeah, I don't know if I'd say uh, suddenly, uh, but I, I definitely agree with you. you know, that, that's one thing that, that we've really focused on this this whole off season and, and, and really this, you know, through fall camp kind of leading up. But, you know, a year ago, if somebody scored a touchdown, it usually turned into three pretty quickly. And, and really up until the end of the year, you could pretty much go through every game. And we had about a four or five minute span of time that if you take that four or five minutes out, it's a regular game. And, and we would just panic, you know, and, and just kind of think the, the sky was falling, so to speak. And, and, you know, they went straight down and scored on their first possession Friday night and our kids didn't even flinch. I mean, it was nothing. We went right back and scored on the very next one. And um, but you know, I think I think as the game wore on, I think they kind of started seeing the body language of of Blake Horman. I think they kind of started seeing the play and 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 you know celebrating the uh, big plays that we were making. And, and I agree that you know kind of what you're saying there that man, the energy changed and our kids were like, man, we got these dudes. Yeah. I mean, they they felt that early on in the second quarter that and they're bending over, breathing hard and. You know, we're striking them, and, I mean, our kids didn't even act tired. You know, they, they just knew that what they were doing was working. Yeah, it, it was uh, it, it was very apparent, and everybody noticed it. And so, like I said, Nick Nestor and Lake Karma, they always have a talented, very athletic team. I mean, heck, their defense has two four-star SEC-recruited players on it. And right. you offensively beat them and earned all your points. So, um, that's uh, that's that says a lot. It says a lot, Coach. I'm gonna be honest with you. The story of the night for me, um, you know, other than of course, you know, y'all coming together as a team, was Lake Comrade's lack of a quarterback and completely different style of offense because of that. Did you notice that as well? Yeah, I know that. that you know, we knew that they're going to be struggling throwing the football a little bit, and that was kind of the thing that uh, defensively our game plan was to, you know, to stop the run and and, and force them to throw. You know, see if they could beat us doing that, and um, and, and again, it kind of worked out. But um, I tell you, man, they're they're talented everywhere else, and 
um, you know, we like so we just knew that if we could get them to run the ball and we could and we could make the plays and be physical the way we needed to, it'd give us a chance. And uh, if we can get that thing close, and we we knew we we could count on our offense to score the points that we needed. And um, again, it, it you know sometimes your plans weren't great, and, and Friday night they did. So it was uh, uh, awesome to see. No, no doubt, Coach. Um, I saw y'all stack the box up. Y'all, you know, it seemed like y'all had uh, you know it felt like eight or nine in the box at all times, but you know. Uh, between blitzes and, uh, you know, an extra man down or different things, um, you definitely were forcing the hand of saying, we dare you to throw. And they just didn't do it. Uh, they did a, a, a medley of downhill running, which is not the norm for Nestor style of offenses. They also did a wildcat where they brought in a, you know athletic quarterback. And he did all right. He was able to push the score one time in the second half. But, you know, it, you made them earn it. I mean, they had to – I swear it felt like a five-minute drive because they had to get three in a cloud of dust. But – um, you know, that it just uh, was very not normal for Lake Carmen. Let's just put it that way. Did, did very little east and west, which I know y'all kind of hit him in the mouth early, and they abandoned that. And then, uh, you know, like I said, they really just couldn't throw deep. The quarterback was struggling so much. So um, I think your game plan defensively was really, really good. And uh, like you said, it, it, it paid out in dividends. Um, but I wanted to talk about this, Coach. I did want to say that um, I felt sorry for one of your players. Uh, your right tackle was giving his his all against a four-star defensive end that can fly and do amazing things. And uh, I just got to ask this question, Coach. Was it in the game plan to have a standing two seconds and throw the football? You cannot hold it longer than that because that guy was coming and he made a few big-time sacks. But it seems like y'all were able to dink and dunk and screen and play or play off of his speed. Was that part of y'all's game plan as well? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, uh, I, I thought, you know, look, I, our guys did amazing, um, and and I'm proud of every single one of our kids. They didn't they didn't back down from anybody. They weren't scared of nobody. Um, but again, you know, we knew we had we knew that guy was there. We knew he was good, and uh, yeah, it it will alter your. Um, you know, your game plan and, and things we want to do. And, you know, we felt like we had to be a little bit quicker and, um, you know, get the ball out fast and things like that. And, um, you know, we tried some, you know, a little bit more drop back type stuff, but, you know, that's when we kind of have more issues. So we, we tried to make sure that we did things quicker. And uh, so that was definitely a plan to kind of give our guys a chance because, you know, when you got a, a kid that big and strong and, and athletic, um, man, you're asking a lot you know, for, for a, a guy, especially a first-year starter, to get over there and, and uh, be able to hang on to him for, you know, three or four seconds. So, um, no, he, he did an unbelievable job for us, and he had his work cut out. And, again, that guy won some, and we knew he would. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, the school board said what it needed to. That's right, Coach. I was going to say, man, look, you know, I'm not picking on your right tackle. The guy had an, uh, an unbelievable uphill challenge versus a, t- a quality, you know, a top recruit athlete. And he gave him everything he had, you know, and that's all you can ask for. So kudos to him. Um, Coach, I want to say that uh, something that else that struck me about the game, which I, I had a lot of people asking about, believe it or not, was uh, special teams. Uh, the swinging gate looks like you decided to unveil all the plays in the playbook when it comes to the swinging gate for an extra point. What was the uh, rhyme and reason behind this? Well, um, that's one, not all of our plays. Um, that's something that we do. Um, be honest with you, on the, we had a, some miscommunication on a couple of those, you know, being week one and, and we didn't run any of that last week, obviously being the Jamboree. Um, a couple of those were not supposed to be run. Um, but, you know, we, you know, one of those things you kind of live and learn on, um, 
you know, we like to throw that out there to see if we can get something where we feel like, you know, they, they give us an opportunity and we'll take it. And, and they did on one of them and we took it and we, we got the point. So, um, yeah, not, not, um, that's probably not exactly what it was supposed to look like, but again, week one, uh, some of those types of things happen. And, um, but again, as long as the scoreboard says what it's supposed to at the end, we can live live and learn with it. That's right, Coach. Amen to that, brother. Amen. Well, look, congrats on a huge W there, man. That's it's awesome. That's big to put on your mark. That you know, one and zero. It's a great motivator leaving leading into this week's practice. And speaking of this week's practice, Coach, who do we have Friday night? And who is it, home or away? Uh, we've got uh, Bahelly rolling into town, uh, so we'll we'll take them on uh, Friday night at seven thirty here at Jamestown. Got you, Coach. Now, I, we just so happened I know a lot about Bahia. You got to watch them in person as Center Hill played them in the Jamboree. Um, you know, a lot of people might not know, or if they listen to the pod, hopefully, is that uh, Bahia is a team that has a brand new head coach. He has about two and a half weeks of coaching on those guys. Uh, they have some talented fellows, but they're young, and they're trying a very uh, tough offense, and they're running the wing T style of offense. And, um, you know, does that concern you at all? Because, you know, as a, you know, guys running different directions, you know, three different types of options and pitches and stuff like that, is that something you feel confident your defense is going to thrive in? No, yeah, 100%. I, look, I, you know, obviously everybody's going to run different things, and uh, every week you have different challenges, whether it's, you know, your, your five-star defensive end or, you know, you're getting some uh, offense that you don't see on a normal basis. But, uh, our guys are coached extremely well. They're smart. They study the game. They watch film. Um, I have no, I have no worries about anything like that. It's, um, you know, for us, it's just show up and execute. And if we can do those things, then um, it doesn't matter what's thrown at us. We have rules in place that that put those guys in the right position. And uh, like I said, when they follow those things, I think they're going to be in great shape. No doubt, coach. No doubt. I think it's going to be a, a fun night, especially for a home crowd. Uh, I think it's a. I think you have a great, great opportunity to come out of this two and zero, and you know just come out, you know, come out gangbusters this season, and uh, you know that's just going to make uh, Jamestown just that much more popular a place to be at on Friday night for sure. Yeah, no doubt, it's going to be uh, an incredible atmosphere. We're excited to kind of get back in front of our people, and 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 again, man, nobody does it better than than what they do here. So we're. We're excited to be back in front of our people Friday night. Heard that, Coach. Well, look, wish you luck this week in practice and on Friday night, Coach. Look forward to having you back on the show next week. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Is your home or business in need of some restoration work? Maybe a water pipe burst or you have some storm damage? There is an expert company right here in DeSoto County that can handle all your needs. Brian Rowe and his team of DeSoto Cleaning does expert restoration work. They will make sure the job is perfect to your satisfaction. Look them up on Facebook at DeSoto Cleaning LLC, and that is the capital LLC. They also provide other cleaning service, such as steam cleaning carpets, tile, and grout. Or if you'd like to call them on the phone today, you can call them at 662-710-2698, or you can email Brian personally at R-O-W-E underscore 41 at hotmail.com. Coach Russell, brother, how we doing today, man? Man, I'm doing great. Woke up one and zero on a Saturday morning. That's always a good good way to feel. Man, I know that's right. Man, what a ball game Friday night! And the Shoba Central came into came into town at Pool Field, and uh, man, what a physical ball club! Got a lot of speed, but y'all were able to match up with them nicely. Uh, man, y'all had a stiff back defensively. Y'all were holding your ground. 
And then offensively, to me, you know, the story of the ball game to me was this great defense and a big play offense, man. Just something, you know, you always want and it's exciting to have. But y'all had two or three big-time plays. Uh, running back took it to the house one time from over 60 yards. Uh, just some great stuff. and Made for a lot of excitement. I can only imagine as you were on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a really exciting ball game. You know, those things you talked about are – things that we we look for we want those explosive plays we feel like we have a better chance of winning the game when we have at least eight explosive plays in the game and we did that um we had several in the run game several in the past game uh and when you do that it's hard to beat uh, it's hard to beat you you know we ended up with uh, one of our goals is we want to rush for 150 yards and we want to throw for 150 yards and we were able to eclipse both of those marks uh, if you take away the two errant snaps, uh, you know those got kind of towards the run game. But um, you know we had we had a pretty good game. Now two errant snaps that can't happen. You know there's there's some things that we've got to get cleaned up again to be the team we want to. You know we had two turnovers, two fumbles, uh, one of which resulted in a, a about a 98 yard uh, fumble recovery in return for a touchdown right before the half. Uh, if we score there. We go into the half up by 15 points. Uh, instead, we went into the half up by one point. It really ch- kind of changed the dynamic of the game. That one play, uh, that 14 point swing on that game on that play. So, you know, um, you take away that. Uh, there's some really good things that happened. Um, you know, we were able to force a turnover on a kickoff. Uh, we were able to force a turnover uh, uh, on on offense. You know, running back fumbled it. So, or on their offense, and so. Uh, we did some really good things, but there's still some stuff we got cleaned up. Well, Coach, I think something else I can say that y'all improved on was is that, you know, from the Jamboree, when y'all had a lot of mental errors with penalties and things of that nature, quite a bit quite a bit different this ball game, heavily reduced, um, you know, minus the two fumbles and maybe a couple penalties. I mean, y'all were pretty spotless um, for the rest of the game and just, uh, you know, came down to X's nose and Jim's and Joe's, you know, doing what their assignments were and, Y'all did pretty well. Like I said, I, I, I tell people all the time, I said, this was what you would call a stereotypical football game. Two really good teams going at each other and, you know, and who did a, bit, a little bit better is one who ended up winning at the end. And um, I think you uh, – I think y'all held – I know you were behind early, but the reality of it is I think y'all were in charge of the game from the get-go. And uh, between defense and offense, y'all were doing what you wanted. Like you said, minus a couple mistakes and errors and turnovers – um, the game could have been a little more lopsided in your favor. And so, to me, I think y'all had a good game plan and you executed well. Um, Coach, I mean, I think uh, your quarterback played pretty decent. I, I know he had a – I believe he had a rushing touchdown and a throwing one. And, um, you know, what was his completion rate this time? Was he uh, the same as he was last week? No, he was uh, 71% uh, passing and uh, threw for 154 yards, rushed for – I think it's 81 yards, and uh, so he had he had a killer game. I mean, it was you know he was accounted for uh, about almost 240 yards of offense, and you know just really killed it. Uh, a couple of passes that he made down the stretch, so our, our game-winning drive, um, we ran a little little out out route with a, a receiver coming across in motion, and and he he pulled up. It was a little bit of a, it was a sprint out. And we lost protection, and he got he hit right in the chest, and still delivered a perfect ball right on the money. Uh, Flip Sanders catches the ball, reaches over, hits the pylon, scores the touchdown. Uh, and then the very next play, we come in and we run a 
we're running a corner route by the third receiver in a trips formation, and he puts a ball that any college quarterback would just absolutely love to be able to throw. I mean, it was on the money right there, back corner of the end zone, hitting the receiver in stride. He hit one foot in, and boom. I mean, it was touched, you know, so for the two-point conversion, that dude, uh, Raheem, had a heck of a game. Dude, uh, I know it was an electric environment. I mean, the principal, Mr. Stripling, and I spoke about the game, and he said it was just electric. They thought people were going bananas. Uh, just some excitement back and forth the entire deal. Coach, I got to tell you, man, uh, some of the stuff y'all are running offensively, it, it, you know, it, it really has the recipe for stuff. I love RPOs, you know, uh, plays. Y'all did that several times in the ball game, and they did really, really well for you. Uh, I thought that was really good. And, you know, the listener doesn't know that's a run or pass option. And, uh, you know, your quarterback would do a great deal of trying to run up the pipe or he'd run out and give it to a receiver who's out there on the flats and, uh, you know, had some big-time plays with that stuff. And, you know, when those things work, man, they are really, really pretty and y'all really excelled on that. Uh, defensively, I mean, to me, it looked like y'all were bringing nine or ten every play, you know. And it, I know you weren't blitzing every play, but that's what it felt like, you know, because – there were guys penetrating, you know, the, you know, there was gaps being filled, linebackers coming clean, and, you know, and the only time Neshoba was able to really do something was just in case, you know, if they happened to get a big play. You know, this is one of those games that didn't have a lot of methodical drives. Um, you know, it was just big play to big play. and uh, But, man, a really, really exciting. A lot of big hits, a lot of big tackles for loss. Uh, I know that, you know, your defensive side of the field was just ecstatic at how well they played for the night. Yeah, they were they were really exciting. You know, the biggest thing we talk about constantly with our kids, the, our advantage is our speed. I mean, I, I, we're as fast a team as there is around. I mean, we've got so much speed on the field defensively. And we always talk about if we will run to the football, great things happen. You know, even we can make mistakes, but we can we can negate those with our speed. And as long as we play hard, and then you looked out there on Friday night, our kids played really, really hard on defense and ran to the ball and, we're excited, and, and you know that results. You put that speed together, and they, you know, when they make contact, it's pretty, it's pretty special. There's some pretty big hits out there. Oh, there's no doubt. It was a coach. I'm real. I'm happy for you guys to get to say you're, you know, one and zero, undefeated, going into week two. Uh, makes for, uh, makes uh, you know, for a nice motivation going into your locker room and your guys to be continue it going. Um, but speaking of this week, who do you, who do you we have coming up this Friday? We got St. George's out of Memphis, and uh, you know they're a good quality football team. They've they've got some some good receivers. They've got uh, they do a really good job running the football, you know. So we'll have our, our work cut out us with uh, you know being able to stop the run. Um, you know they've also uh, offensively they do some good things and, uh, and and do a good job running the ball, and you know uh, they'll throw it out there a little bit. Um, you know they're a very well coached, solid team. That's uh, that's not going to do a whole lot of frilly and fancy stuff, but they're coming right at you, you know, and they, you know, that's what they like to do. So, yeah, most of the time, St. George is a team that forces you to be really good on your P's and Q's because if you're not, they're going to yeah. capitalize on it. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not going to out-athlete you or anything else, but they're going to be very consistent and very methodical and like to own the football yeah. for long periods of time, tire out of defense and stuff. And so this ought to be a real test for conditioning and, uh, you, know, you know, like they said, that stiff back, you know, being able to handle long, drawn-out, you know, drives. And uh, defensively, this ought to be a, a fun one for you guys. Um, and um, yeah. remind me, of, from last year, Coach, there was some controversy for last year's game. There was some – 
questionable calls and some iffy things. Will this be a game at St. George again, or will this be a home game? This is a home game. We've got another home game. So, uh, you know, we look, our our crowd Friday night was, was unbelievable. Uh, we had a packed student section. We had um, the stands were full. Um, we've done some things with our game day environment. You know, uh, we've added in uh, music to the game day environment. We've done some things to incorporate the band more uh, into the game day environment. We, we talked about all that stuff, you know, last week, but it – it really shows when you get out there on the field. There's, it has that pageantry that you know you want from a high school football game, college football game, and it brings so many kids together and so many kids excited about it, and everybody feeds off that excitement. We all remember what it was like to be in high school and how exciting a ball game is, and uh, we, we had that environment on Friday night. I'm excited about uh, having a chance to play at home again and, and build on that crowd and that excitement. There's nothing better, Coach. There's absolutely nothing. As a guy who used to be on the sideline, I know exactly what you're talking about. And there's just something electric about kids being able to hear their names or kids behind them cheering for them and so on, your classmates, your comrades, your your parents, fans in the stands, and that's fantastic. You know, That's one thing I can say about our schools here in the Olive Branch area. Every single one of these games Friday night – there was almost capacity crowds, student sections going bananas, and kids getting support. And that's what it's all about, like you said. You know, this is it's just a great, great environment. A lot of positivity, a lot of building here. And another reason Olive Branch is just a great place. And your school is part of that reason. And so, Coach, I, super congrats on the big W Friday night. I think that's a huge, huge accomplishment versus a very, very talented team. Um, and I think that this week you're going to have a – a decent challenge with St. George, but I, I'm going to go ahead and make an early prediction that you're going to be able to handle them and handle them pretty well. And, uh, you know, it ought to be a, a great, great uh, conversation next week being 2-0. and Well, I, I'm glad you feel that way. I'm not yet ready to jump to that conclusion. Uh, there's a whole, <laughs> lot of, a, whole, a whole lot of preparation that needs to go on. And, you know, I always say this, it's, it's easy for a football team to go in and make a bunch of changes and fix things and, and fix the problems that present themselves after you lose a game. It takes a really mature football team to come to work and, and get after it after you win a football game and you still made mistakes, but you still need to fix those things else they're going to you know, show up in a, in a big game down the road and they're going to bite you. So we have stuff we've got to get fixed. And St. George is a good quality opponent. We need to get that stuff fixed and and by goodness, we're not taking them light at all. I mean, they're you know they're a good football team, and uh, we're going to have to play good and go out there and give great effort. And, and again, I always go back to this. I mean, our whole team is built on speed. If you don't play full speed, we don't have an advantage of anyone. You know, so we've got to go out there and compete. We've got to go out there, lights out every time, and be full speed in everything we do, or else we don't have an advantage. You know, so we, you know, I, I got to preach that to the kids this week, and I'm, I'm sure they'll. They'll accept that challenge to go out there and just give everything they've got and fly around in football. Yeah, there ain't no doubt, Coach. There ain't no doubt. And I, I think, like I said, if you keep this big play mentality and you know a firm defense and reduction of mistakes, that's a winning recipe versus anybody. And so, uh, you know, you keep doing you guys what y'all do, and uh, good luck to y'all Friday, Coach. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it, man. All right, brother. Coach, thanks again for your time, and we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you. Coach Peacock, man, how we doing today, brother? All good, man. Good, you know. Just man, sitting out here on the back porch. Man, I hear you, man. I'm jealous. I'm jealous, man. Uh, gosh, man, Friday night, man. What a, what a tough loss, man. What a tough loss. Guys played their hearts out. 
you know, uh, I know like you and I talked before, I mean, just a couple things go a different way and y'all win by maybe one or two touchdowns more and just seemed like it didn't have luck in your favor on some things and just in you know, a bad situation and versus a quality, quality team, man. Uh, what can you tell me? Yeah, I mean, Clarksdale, you know, that, I thought they played well. I thought we played well. You know, it's one of those scenes that was – their coach and I texted after the game. It just it was a fun game to coach in. It was a, it was a great game. Uh, we just made, you know, just a few more errors um, than they did. Uh, you know, lost 20-19. We both missed an extra point. We uh, went for two, which would have put us up 21-20 to there in the fourth quarter and, you know – bobbled the snap and uh, weren't able to get the pitch off, the toss off, or I feel like we'd have walked in the end zone and, and converted that. Um, you know, I uh, felt like uh, the refs blew a uh, intentional grounding call where the rule has changed now in high school to match the NCAA and NFL rules, and uh, they, they just kind of botched the rule a little bit, and they apologized once they realized it, but you know, at that point, it was it was too late. Um, so, uh, but you know, just one of those things that's gonna happen. So yeah, man. Gotta, that's tough, fight, though, man. Fight back. That's tough because you know you got to look at your kids in the face and and you know to keep their heads up and remind them that you know that's gonna be their game and you know that doesn't define the season. But you know, those kids want that W. They want to be one and zero. You know, and so uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, it, you know, it is. And like I said, what, you know, like I told them, I said, you know, you're going to learn more about yourself when you lose, you know, about who you are as a person, about who you are as a team. And I think we're learning a little bit. Uh, I think the way they handled it after the game, once we kind of got together and talked through it, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll find out a lot tomorrow when they come, come down at 2 o'clock. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, Coach, talking about the game itself, man, um, you know, you had a lot of uh, big-time plays. I think offensively, y'all moved the ball at will. Um, didn't sustain a lot of big, long drives, but, man, you had some big, explosive plays. Uh, had a big throwing touchdown. Um, just a couple miscues, like you said. But I think offensively, y'all almost were basically do what you wanted, except if we just had a bust play or, you know, uh, occasionally Clarksdale would be able to do a couple reads and stuff up the middle and cause y'all problems. But, I mean, do you agree with that? You think offensively, y'all were pretty much rolling really, really well. Yeah, yeah, definitely at times. You know, we had a couple of setbacks, and, and most of it came when we got behind the chains. Um, you know, we had, uh, I think, only one three and out. Uh, I'm not positive on that, but I think only one three and out. Um, you know, uh, first drive went went right down the field, scored. Um, second drive, I think, you know, we got a penalty, and that put us behind the chain, so we wound up punting to them. Uh but, yeah, did, did a lot of good things. I think we averaged over six yards of carry, like six and a half yards of carry, uh, and then threw um, one big, long touchdown pass uh, and then another pass at the end of the game. It was about a 31-yard pass. But, um, you know, had a, had a fairly decent night offensively and defensively, honestly. Um, had a good night on both sides outside of about five, six snaps. Yeah, uh, you know, big plays were kind of the story for the entire east side of the county. You know, we, when we were talking to Olive Branch and Lewisburg, they were all about big plays. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, 
uh, you know, for their opponents, the big plays went their way and gave them the W on the close call. And, we, you know, Center Hill just ended up on the wrong side of the scoreboard on that. But, uh, you know, you had some big-time plays. Well, I mean, one of, your, one of your run plays, I don't know what you call it, you have a guy going motion, and then he reverses back, you know, opposite field, and you end up throwing the pitch. And I think it was uh, Washington was the one running the ball and just takes it for massive yards every time you ran it. Didn't seem like Clarksdale could ever figure that play out. Uh, nice, a nice throw to him for touchdown later. Quarterback looked like he made pretty good reads. Um, you know, like I said, I thought offensively y'all were well, well oiled and well machined. Um, like I said, if you didn't get behind change, that was good. Uh, but defensively, you know, I thought you did really, really strong. Even though you were, uh, you know, missing one of your key players, and uh, you know things were, you know, going pretty good because Clarksdale was very, very talented, especially very fast, very physical. But y'all met them at the line and did a lot of great things. I mean, like I said, I think it was a, a good game for both teams. It just came up a little short. Yeah, yeah. JD, you know, did have several big runs. Um, I think he averaged like just over nine yards a carry. Um, you know, it's pretty pretty daggum good. Um, so uh, uh, had a couple big runs on, on the play you were talking about, then a couple other uh, just tosses that he had decent runs on, and then had the big catch. Uh, thought our Quarterback played well, um, you know, one or two little little deals here and there where he maybe should have pitched it or, or maybe should have kept it or, or whatever. Um, uh, uh, thought our fullbacks ran hard. You know, they didn't have have ton of, tons of yards this week, but our, our freshman B-back who's going to be really, really good down the road had six carries for 32 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then our senior B-back uh, had 11 carries for 32 yards. Um, so they, they're kind of splitting a little bit of reps. Um, you know, obviously we'll probably lean a little heavier on the senior as long as things go good. He kind of tweaked his ankle a little bit and the freshman played in, in some spots. Um, you know, so like I said, overall pleased offensively other than just, you know, four or five just, hey, went to the wrong guy or did this wrong type plays, and, and that, that kind of hurt us. Uh, defensively, yeah, I thought, I thought we did some really good things. Um, we got Lance back, uh, linebacker, and so he really only practiced like three days uh, and then played. And so he, he was a little rusty. You could see on film he was a little rusty. But, but, but man, when he got where he was supposed to be, he came with, with, some, with some hits. Uh, Nate uh, Taylor led our defense. I think he had six solo tackles, um, you know, another 12 assists, uh, had a forced fumble there at the end of the game, which – which really should have been the turning point, should have allowed us to go down and score and win the ball game. And we just, uh, I forget what happened, but got a little bit behind the chains, went for it on fourth down, and were a yard short. Um, you know, uh, we it was fourth and four, and we got fourth and three. You know, so um, just right there uh, close to it. But uh, overall, you know, pleased with our efforts. We got, you know, again, stuff cleaned up. Our PAT got blocked. You know, we had a holder change this week due to a kid decided he didn't want to play anymore. Um, and so I don't know if we were just a little a little slow with our takeoff on the kick or whatnot, but we got we got to fix that. Um, uh, but, you know, otherwise I thought, thought we looked pretty good special teams-wise. Uh, yeah, I thought your special teams went really well, man. I think things were solid. Um, like you said, other than, you know, a couple little miscues right there with the extra point and stuff. But, I mean, all, all around, Coach, the reality of it is that y'all played a good game across the board just came a little short now i know we keep repeating ourselves but there's nothing to hang your hats about 
there's nothing to uh you know be upset with there's nothing to you know change or go back to the drawing board or anything like that you know what i mean it's just it's just the reality of it is is that you know you just came up a little short so um i think it's something to lean on moving forward uh for another good game next week i think y'all have got what uh kirby and this is going to be at kirby is that correct coach yeah we go to kirby friday night um kickoff should be seven o'clock um which i prefer we'll get into that but i prefer um so we get to go up there kick off at seven um should be a good game uh coach flowers does a good job with those kids and hopefully we can go up there and you know obviously probably gonna be a little bit of a uh, hostile environment from uh you know their home field and uh, that kind of thing but uh hopefully we go up there and uh figure out a way to get a W. You know, yeah, that's what you no always doubt. want to do. No doubt, Coach. Man, we're wishing you a lot of luck. Hope you all have a great week of practice and everybody stays healthy and, uh, and go come back with a W, Coach. All right, man. We appreciate it. Man, thanks again, Coach. Yeah, thank you. This speech is my recital. I think it's very Well, dude, I hate that for Center Hill. I'm, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure we can all guess what they're going to be working on Monday uh, when they when they show show back up. But hey, uh, keep your heads up. Hey, but big kudos to Olive Branch and Lewisburg, man. They played some really tough opponents, and uh, hey, all you need is one more point than the other team in order to win, bro. So y'all keep it up and keep the streak rolling. Oh, no doubt, man. No doubt. Well, guys, that wraps it for our show. We hope you all enjoyed our sports section and all our content as always. Please make sure you're telling your friends and your family. And like I said before, if you've got a second to give us a positive review on iTunes, man, that would be a huge, huge help. And as well, also earlier, we talked about Under the Water Tower, and that is our brother podcast out of Hernando. Guys, they do a great show, very similar to us, talking about the Hernando community. They also talk about North Point and some other stuff. If you would like to listen to that, go check them out. That is Under the Water Tower. But other than that, that's it for this week, and we look forward to y'all uh, joining us next week. Until then, T, I'll see y'all then. All right, brother. Have a great week. There's two things that you're going to find out. She fights like a man and she cusses real loud.